Welcome to Planet Geo, the podcast where we talk about our amazing planet, how it works, and why it matters to you. I'm recording. What are you I'm laughing al- at? I'm always laughing at you, man. I don't know. I'm I know, just, but it hurts my heart. I'm, I'm laughing at you know how much sensitive. smoother our setup has gotten since you have a um, adopted son or whatever you're calling <laughs> whatever you call him now, <laughs> Brandon. He's my bonus son. Your technology. Yeah. Uh, well, literate bonus son. Let's <laughs> <laughs> check it. It's great. I have, I have shit on my desk. I don't even know what it is. I'm serious. Like, <laughs> it's great. I have this thing in the corner of my desk, and I don't know what it is. As soon as we're done, I'm gonna go ask him. Hey, what is this round thing? <laughs> I, do, I don't know. Oh, it's so great. I am very happy. Yeah. Thank him when you when you're asking him about the round thing. Thank him for me, will you? <laughs> no, he should thank me. Yeah, well, okay. should, no, I will. He just needs to be thankful no, to me. Thank him for so. me, for me, for me <laughs> to Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Okay, Chris, <laughs> a couple announcements real quick. Yes. We just released Arches National Park. We're going to follow it up today. This is kind of a shorter episode about Canyonlands because the geology is really kind of similar. But before we do that, you can visit our website planetgeocast.com. It's a new-ish website. You can support us there. You can also support us by leaving us a review and a rating. Both of those are really important for helping the algorithm on your podcast platform. So if you do that for us right now, we would really appreciate it. We are also going to be at the Geological Society of America meeting. Chris is coming. Chris is giving a talk on Planet Geo. I'm talking about some research there. I'll have one of my graduate students is there as well. But uh, look us up. If you're going to be there, if you're on the Denver area in early October, send us an email. We can hang out. That'd be fun. Well, anyway, welcome to Planet Geo. We are your host. I am Chris Bullheis, and I'm sitting across the desk from Dr. Jesse Rymink, <laughs> a right. professor at Penn State University. And this week, like you just said, we're going to be talking a little bit about Canyonlands. It's such a cool place. So Jesse, give us a little bit of rundown. What are we talking about today in this Geo Short? Yeah. So Canyonlands, it's Kind of, I don't know, a sibling national park to Arches. And there's a lot of oh, that, national- that hurt me a little bit right there. Why? I think, well, I don't know. Did you just downgrade it a little bit by calling it a sibling? Well, I don't think so. That's a little derogatory. <laughs> it could be the big brother or the, the big sister park. There you go. That's better. I like that. I like that. Okay. All right. It's the, it's the big sister, big brother, big older sibling park to Arches. It is much bigger. It's a lot less populated. I haven't been there. I went there a couple times when I was a kid probably, but I went there most recently soon after I graduated college, I believe. And I mean, it's a really, really cool place. It is expansive. There's so much to see and so much to do, and you could just kind of get away from everybody. It's really awesome, Chris. Is that a good, fair summary? It is a huge park, especially when you compare it to Arches. Um, I really like how remote certain parts of it are. You can get away from people very easily in Canyonlands. So Given it a rundown, we're going to talk a little bit about the geology of it. But like you said, it's very similar to Arches, but it looks a lot different. And I think we need to talk a little bit about that today. Canyonlands is divided into four districts, and we're going to talk a little bit about those and just kind of a a general rundown of Canyonlands National Park. Yeah, where to go, what to see. 
so arches and cannulons, they're kind of, you're, you're getting different perspective on the same geology, basically. And arches, you know, you're, there's a lot of looking up at the arches. You're on, on a road down low, looking up at the arches above you. You're hiking up to them. In cannulons, the roads are at the top. You're at the top and you're looking down onto the rocks. And they're really similar sequence of rocks. And erosion is a really big, prominent, sort of dominating geological feature in canyonlands because it's what creates the canyons and the canyon lands part of it. But you're looking down a lot. You're standing at high vistas. It's a really, really impressive park with a lot of sweeping vistas, I would say. It's really, really beautiful. It is. And the other thing about it too, like I said, it's divided into four districts, which we're going to talk a little bit about each one, but you can't get from one district to another without leaving the park. So it's not easy to get from one place to another. You're talking about a lot of drive time. If you want to leave Island in the sky and go to the needles or you want to go to the, from the needles into the maze, it, you have, <laughs> it's, it's not a quick jaunt. It's no. a long drawn out process. And it's very remote too. So that's right. So Chris, let's go through the four districts. We're going to cover them in kind of order needles. And this is going to be carried by you because I haven't been there in a long time and I haven't been there nearly as much as you have, but we're going to go through the needles, Island in the sky, the maze and the rivers. And those are the four districts in Canyonlands that we kind of briefly touch on each. So the needles yeah. were starting. Before we do that though, can I'm sorry, t- I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jesse, but before we do that, let's just uh, talk about the two places a little bit and why they're similar and a little bit about why they're different. Then we'll get into some of the districts and talk specifics about that. They involve the same basic rock formations, arches and canyon lands. Arches is on one side of Moab, which is a Moab is such a cool little town. Canyonlands is on the other side of it. So they're very close together, but they involve the Paradox Basin, both of them. They involve the Entrada, the Carmel, and the Navajo Sandstone. So they, the geology is very similar, yet they look very different. And Canyonlands has arches too. They're just not as numerous because the same geological processes that are forming arches in Arches National Park are forming arches outside of Arches National Park in the same way. So there are arches there. You can see them in Canyonlands. And it's the same reason. The salt exploited the easiest paths towards the surface, and they exist a lot under Arches National Park. Not so much in Canyonlands, but they're definitely there. The same processes are happening in Canyonlands as well. That's right. They're not as concentrated as they are in arches, but there's a reason for that. Like you said, the salt exploits the easiest path of the surface. And we talked about how it domes up the, the sandstones. We didn't say this before, but these salt domes, which are called diapers, these salt diapers, it's a word that is D I A P I R. It's kind of like diaper, but different (laughs) Um, these are structural domes just like the black hills if you've listened to our earlier episode on the black hills it's a structural dome the black hills was formed by this magma that domed the rocks upward arches is formed by salt that domed the rocks upward but it's still a structural thing going on here just a little bit different in terms of what did the doming so Canaanites doesn't have as many arches because there wasn't as much salt that bulged upward beneath Canyonlands as it did in arches. It just takes the path of least resistance, and that just didn't happen to be super common beneath Canyonlands. The other reason is that you have two major rivers that run right through Canyonlands National Park. You have the Green River, you have the Colorado River, 
And then they come together at the confluence in the middle of the park. And so the geology is a little bit different from that too. The rivers kind of dominate the landscape and what's going on. And you don't have that in arches. So those are the two main differences in terms of why they look so different. And those rivers, that's the reason that erosion dominates the landscape in Canyonlands. I mean, erosion makes arches too, but when you're at Canyonlands, when you're standing or driving on top, you're looking down, you're looking down into canyons. I have this distinct memory. We were there, we were out camping on, it's best described as like a peninsula that goes out onto a cliff, right? Like you've got this cliff that's, you're kind of surrounded by this really steep cliff on all sides. I remember at night, this crazy phenomenon that happens a lot in Canyonlands. As the weather cools, you start to get these winds that sweep up the canyons. And when they're sweeping up the canyons, they'll hit those cliff walls and they'll, the wind will blast straight up. So we're at this kind of plateau. We're at this really flat campground. It's very flat. There's very few trees. There's like one other tent on the other side of this campground. There's maybe like, you know, 20 campsites. We can see them all. There's one tent several hundred yards away. Then we've got ours and we're 10 to 20 meters away from this cliff. So we walk over to the cliff and we hear this whooshing sound and it's completely still at the top. We're like, wow, what is that whooshing sound? Go to the cliff and there's wind blasting up this cliff and it's blasting vertically straight up. And so this little campground area is completely quiet and still, and you can't hear anything. But on the cliff, this wind is blasting up. It was so much that you could take fairly big sticks, like sticks that a dog would love to play fetch with, chuck that out there and the wind would just blast it straight up in the air. You, we did this with rocks, like flat rocks. You toss it out into this wind that's flowing up into this canyon. But I, I say all this because you're looking down into this huge cavernous canyon that's sort of miles across. And it's all because of the river system there, because erosion is such a dominant feature of the landscape because those big rivers flow through. That is an avenue for sediment to get out quickly, which makes erosion happen a bit faster in Canyonlands. I'm curious. Do you know why the wind, it happened when it happened? Do you know why? Um, I don't know why it happened. It was in the evening. Yeah. We were kind of making our fire and, um, I don't remember why it happened. Yeah. Very cool. That must have been in uh, the Island in the Sky district. Yes, it was. Uh, That's right. That's right. The second one we'll kind of cover here. So, Chris, is it time to go through the districts? I think so. Let's do it. So, we're going to go through four districts, the Needles, Island in the Sky, the Maze, and the Rivers. We're going to go through them in that order. So, we're going to start out with Needles, which is in the southeast part of Canyonlands National Park. And there's a lot to do here. There is. It's a huge part of the park. Um, Tons to do. Lots of great hiking. So my favorite hike in the Needles District is a hike called Druid Arch. Druid is D-R-U-I-D. About a 15-mile out and back hike. I love it. The arch is spectacular in and of itself. It's the destination. We went there. We ate lunch took our time, let the kids kind of climb around there while Jenny and I just laid back and relaxed. It was amazing. I'll tell you, this is, I'll never forget this. I have a quick question. I want to interrupt here quickly. Were there any teenagers that were, you know, competing with you on the trail that you had to kick their ass in a hiking competition on the trail or not? (laughs) No. No? Okay. No, like I said, I've never taken any students here before. So it was just with my my own family and and they they don't have that. Like they don't have to compete with me. They kicked my ass anyway. So look, I'll never forget this. We are 
just sitting there, Druid Arch is maybe 100, 150 yards in the background in the distance. And a guy, you don't see many people. I mean, it's a, it's a long hike. Uh, it's hot, at least when I was there. So not a lot of people. And this guy comes walking up with hiking poles and so on. And he walks maybe 15 feet from us, takes his hiking poles, kind of bangs them on the ground. And the ground was kind of hollow because there was this jointing in the sandstone there that made it sound very hollow. And uh, it was just an interesting kind of sound. And he looks at the arch. He's like, are you kidding me? I hiked all this way to see that. And he turned around and left. I was absolutely blown away. It was a good opportunity to have a conversation with my kids. Like I could not believe it. I'm sitting there in awe and somebody else comes up and has a completely opposite reaction. I don't know. It was very interesting and disappointing. Yeah, that I guess, that is a bit disappointing. <laughs> well, you know, if you're going to be cranky about beautiful arches, then you just, there's no fixing you. You're just going to be cranky. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, just a little bit about the hike out there too. You have some scrambling to do up some of the sandstone cliff faces and so on. There are small ladders built into the rock. So you walk through also this one kind of slot Canyon. It's very cool. It's very, it's a very diverse hike. I love it. It's my favorite in the needles district. So that brings us into the next district, which is the Island in the sky. And this is the one where I just described this, you know, wind gushing up the Canyon walls. This is where we spent most of the time. We were only there for about a day, but um, this is closest to Moab and closest to arches. And this is the part of the park where you're going to get all these amazing views. Like this is the one that's probably plastered on the front page of the Canyonlands National Park website because you get stunning vistas that you're looking out across these beautiful canyons. I mean, it's not Grand Canyon level deep, but it's very wide and it's very, very pretty. And so these are a a great sequence. You could kind of wind your way down some of these smaller canyons as well. You can do kind of short hour hikes or even shorter than that down, see some rocks, come back up. So there's a lot to do here and lots of little trails in the Island of the Sky district. But what are some good ones, Chris? Well, like you said, it's very diverse in terms of hikes out to arches and actually out to domes. Uh, There is a dome there that's called upheaval dome, which is kind of debated. Have you looked into that at all? Upheaval dome? I would figure this is like right up your alley. I haven't. No, I haven't. Okay. Well, you should. Um, Upheaval dome is, it's kind of, the literature is pretty debated about it, but I think most consensus settles on the fact that this is a meteor impact which created this kind of upheaval dome. So when the impact happens, you know, it blasts a hole in the rock at the surface, but then it melts that kind of stuff and it comes back together in this kind of upheaval dome in the center of it. So that's a very, very like prominent feature that you can get to in the island in the sky. There's just a ton to do. And there are short hikes, there are long hikes, there's stuff in between. This one really has something for everyone. And like you said too, great vistas, because this is basically a mesa that's been dissected by the rivers. You're standing on this relatively flat mesa and the rivers are about a thousand feet below you. It is like a little mini Grand Canyon. That's right. It is. It's spectacular. It's so cool. I mean, it's just stunning views and it's, it's very easily accessible. Even if you don't want to go on a 15 mile hike, you can drive, you can pull off, you can do the little boardwalks. There's probably not even boardwalks at most of them, but you can see the views from your car. It's really, really stunning place. Yeah, absolutely. And Mesa Arch is a really popular one and that's a great hike. So 
Mesa Arch. So the third district, the maze, I don't think I've ever been to the maze. Chris, there's probably a reason for that because we were short on time <laughs> and we were driving a little tiny Ford Taurus, I believe, that was packed full there of my go. body moving. <laughs> <laughs> it won't make it. The, uh, the maze is very remote. You really do need a four by four to get anywhere. You need it to access the trailheads. If you don't have a four by four, then you can plan on a hike to get to the trailhead to start your (laughs) hike. So when you're in the maze and you see somebody else, they're probably doing exactly what you are, which is backcountry hiking. People don't day hike in the maze. It's just too hard to get to. Isn't that awesome? That we have that, you know, that we have these places where you can just do adventurous things and not see anybody. Now, in the maze, you really have to plan because water is pretty scarce, obviously. So if you're going to backpack and do that kind of thing, this overnight extended stay, there's a different dimension to doing it in a place like this. Yeah. And, you know, this is the great beauty of many of the national parks is that you have this great diversity in what you can do. You can do the driving tour and the day hikes and even the short little walks, or you can do the fairly intense backcountry stuff and get away from people and spend a lot of time planning for it. So I've never been out to the maze. Sounds like it's got to go on the to-do list though, because it's just such a beautiful place and it'd be great to spend some time out there actually in the backcountry, which then brings us to the last one, which is aptly named the rivers. And you could probably (laughs) guess why it's called the rivers part of the park, but Chris, why is it called the rivers? (laughs) Uh, well, you have these two massive rivers. You have the green river and the Colorado river. Those are the two rivers. And then there's the confluence. These rivers merge in the park. That confluence overlook that place where the rivers come together in the confluence. You have definitely seen that on Instagram or in textbooks. I mean, this is an extremely photogenic place and it's stunningly beautiful. In my opinion, most physical geology textbooks, like most introduction to geology textbooks have a photo of this either on the front cover or somewhere in the introduction. Cause it's a really stunning view <laughs> of, of geology. Yeah. It'll either be this, the confluence of these two rivers, or it'll be grand prismatic spring in Yellowstone National Park. Exactly. The front cover of any physical geology book. It's a, it's a requirement have to have those upstream from the confluence. So before they merge, The water's calm, uh, not a lot of rapids at all, just kind of maybe riffles and so on like this. Downstream from the confluence, you have world-class whitewater. So it changes dramatically upstream versus downstream from when these two rivers merge. Yeah, and those two rivers, they have very, well, they have very different histories upstream, different lengths, different drainage basins, different rocks eroding into them. So they're different colors. Typically, most often they're different colors. And so when they merge, you can kind of see that these two colors sort of remain separate for a long time. And then they eventually mix and together. What are the colors, Jesse? The colors as well. They're usually brown, <laughs> various shades of brown. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it depends what time of year you go there. But the colors are usually some brownish type stuff. But Different so. turbidity leads to different densities, which means they don't mix well when they come together. It takes a while for them to kind of come together. Good exactly. Point. Exactly. So that's the the confluence region. The other thing that I want to just say about this is that it's unexpected. This is a very arid region and you don't expect this kind of lush green foliage 
but that's exactly what you get down along the rivers. It's just this very unexpected oasis. I had the same experience at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. I went to this place called Ribbon Falls. And here you are at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, super hot, very dry, all this kind of stuff. And then you have green everywhere you look. It was very exotic and very unexpected. And this, you get the same thing in the Rivers District in Canyonlands National Park. It's amazing. And so that's kind of a nice summary, short summary of Canyonlands National Park, the four districts there. And I think it's important to just reiterate that the geology is broadly the same between arches and canyonlands. The rock types are broadly the same. You're very close by, but you have this extremely different experience in the park because of the two rivers that are there and because of really where the road is in relation to the geology. You're up high looking down or you're down below looking up at the cliffs in front of you. And it, it actually provides a very different sort of feel to the place, I think. It, but no better or worse, just very different. So it actually, be, even though they're the same rock, it's a totally different experience between the two parks. So you got to kind of do both if you're there. That's right. I think now Arches has a timed entry system. Is, oh, okay. you, is that correct? I, I don't know that. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I They either have it or they were talking about it. I don't know. But there's no such talk right now about Canyonlands having this because it is much less traveled. It's, it's harder to get to. It's more remote. And so people just don't go there as often. People go to Arches instead. Yeah, I mean, it's a great place to go. You got to go. I actually have some friends who are just in Arches, I think, and I'll ask them about the timed entry. We can, you know, provide an update about that. But Chris, I, you know, that's about it. I think we're going to cover today. You can follow us on social media. We are at Planet Geocast. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And give us, like we said before, a review and a rating. Both of those. Do them both. Very important for the algorithm, and we really appreciate it. And share Planet Geo with anybody you think would appreciate it. That's right. We really like that. It helps us out a lot when you share this and just helps our growth. It's just uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, Please do exactly. It. All right. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.